Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I am your lovely host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is another edition of my little car vlog thing that I do. And today, what we're going to talk about is pain in the hips. I find a lot of times when I see patients in the clinic, um, even train clients, newer clients, and they'll kind of, you know, describe some sort of pain in their hips while they squat, they lunge, deadlift, whatever it is. And there's tons of reasons why they could be feeling pain in their hips, because if you look at the hip joint, similar to the shoulder, it moves in so many directions, so many different angles, and it's more complex than, say, know, your elbow, where it doesn't move as intricate as a hip or a shoulder. So, that being said, this episode is not going to cover every little bit of why your hip hurts, but I will kind of bring up the things that I see a lot with patients. Um, so let's maybe start with, how do I want to word this? Let's go with like anterior hip pain, meaning you get feel pain or like sharp tightness at the front of the hip. So if you kind of like palpate um, the big bony protuberance, as Michael Scott would say, um, so the big bony part um, in the front of your hip, and say when you squat or lunge, actually let's go with the squat, say you squat and at the bottom you feel kind of like a pinching pain where you almost feel stuck and it just doesn't feel right. So most of the time um, when you look at the pelvis, your femur, so your uh, thigh bone, should kind of glide through it with ease. But if there's some sort of restriction, um, in that hip, then that's where, like, you know, the pinch or the impingement could happen. So, when we look at the structure of the hip itself, the pelvis, there are, I believe, are four or five different classified pelvises based on kind of the size of the hip socket. You know, some can be more narrow, more some can have um, bigger openings, things like that. So for those who are watching, if like this was your hip joint, you know, like your acetabulum kind of area, then you have your femur coming in and it should move freely within that joint. Um, so sometimes when you have muscle tightness, like too much tone or mechanical tension, that can stop you from moving through full range of motion it could cause a pinch or your um, like bony structure is actually literally kind of like grinding into an area and that's where treatment would come into play so this is where kind of like the detective work happens on my end so when I see a patient I'm already getting a kind of a debrief on what uh, Sarah or Darren the two chiros I work with have seen with the patient in treatment and what they want to focus on. So a lot of times with pinchy hips, people need more external rotation. Um, in severe cases, um, I've seen people with like such terrible 
both external and internal rotation, um, just getting into certain positions with the trailing hip or the other hip while you're trying to work on the like hip in action is so tight that you're like, holy shit, we have a lot of work to do. So those are like severe cases. But like, for the sake of this episode, we're just going to focus on external rotation. So a lot of times when people feel that pinch, any kind of like hip flexion, so think driving your knee towards your face, so you're lifting your leg up into flexion, um, tends to bug it. That's why a lot of people when they squat, they're like, ah, pinchy at the front of the hip. So um, when we work with the patient, I'm like, okay, well, let's give you some more external rotation. And this is where like that 90-90 hip um, position, base position I use in kin stretch all the time to help with external rotation. And if that works, great. And that's where people are going to start to kind of prevent that um, hip pinching. So sometimes with anterior hip pain, um, based on the treatment and based on the assessment that the chiropractor does, um, sometimes the posterior muscles AKA like preformis, the glute max, glute med, all those external rotators of your hip might be the culprit causing the pinch in the front. So say the external rotation 90-90 position works, awesome, that's what you work on. But I've had multiple times where, you know, that's where we're gonna go and they still get the pinch at the front of the hip because if you really think about it, in that 90-90 position, sometimes, um, you know, you're kind of in a flexed hip position and people are like, honestly, when I get forward, all I feel is the front of the hip pinching. So a little trick is literally if you are in that 90-90 position, say it's your left leg in front, you can actually push down on your leg, which is your femur, to give more space in the hip socket and then go through a 90-90 position. That tends to help. Another thing is further putting your entire um, hip joint into external rotation. So sometimes what I'll do is take a yoga block, place it underneath the person's ankle, and now we're already putting the whole leg into external rotation. Sometimes that helps too. This is what I mean about detective work. It's like literally finding different angles, different positions to attack the tissue you want to work on. Now, say that that does not work because this happens all the time. So maybe we need to work on some internal rotation first to eventually work on um, external. Actually, even before that. Now, say I'm like, okay, that didn't work. The the two different 90-90 positions didn't work, whatever. I'll get someone into a butterfly stretch instead. So if you think of the butterfly, feet together, knees wide. That's also working external rotation. Sometimes that's better. So I'm like, okay, we're gonna work on this stretch with you know kin stretch and FRC principles while we do pails and rails, things like that, whatever it is. Usually that will work. Say for some reason that doesn't work. You're like, holy fuck, this guy that's in front of me is really, really fucked up or my hips are really, really fucked up and I need to work on it. Now, um, what I would do is work internal rotation of the hip. So with internal rotation, knowing that this person's external rotation is already causing um, pinching still, doing internal rotation in the 99 is not going to work out because that never, never, ever, ever happens. So 
Um, another exercise I'll use is um, a dowel um, in a supine laying position where we are doing a internal rotation stretch with a little bit of hip flexion. So this also comes into some detective work. Ideally, I would want to put someone in a somewhat 90 position. So if I flex my hip up um, to 90 degrees and then turn into internal rotation, if there's no pinch, great, that's where we're going to work. If not, then I can physically move my leg forward to like say 80 degrees or 70 degrees and still get internal rotation, still work it. That works great. Like that's where we're going to go. Now, another scenario that we can look at. Sometimes, most of the time that I've seen, when people have that pinchy front hip, they also have terrible um, tibial rotation and also terrible ankles. I've already done an episode on ankles, so I would highly recommend you listen to that whole ankle episode of how to get more ankle mobility. And also, I've spoken about the knee before. So let's say you've already done all those things. Another scenario is people getting like sharp pinches on the outside of their hip when they do things like squats, lunges, step ups, and things like that. Usually, um, that individual might be limited with exercises that they do um, in general with their legs because they've had hip pain forever. Um, I find that a lot of people when they put their hip into abduction, meaning you know, moving your leg outside of your midline tends to um, recreate the pain. A lot of times when you test people's adductor strength, it's fucking terrible. How I test it that, you know, kind of shows me um, what we need to work on is just simple, um, again, getting someone to 90-90 and just doing active range lift-offs where, say, if my left leg was in front in that 90-90 position, I would just tell the person, lift your knee and ankle off the ground without leaning back or cheating or anything. And a lot of times, people have terrible active range of motion in their adductors of their hip. Now, that tells me that every time they do um, lunges, single leg deadlifts, or whatever it is, they're constantly relying on the hip external rotator, uh, external rotators of their hip to um, perform the movement and it almost becomes hyperactive hypertonic there it's like the prime mover and it kind of shuts off and I put this in air quotes the adductor muscles and if you think about how many how much musculature you have on the inner side of your leg it's a lot I mean like a lot and there's some big ass muscles and if you look at anatomy, like the muscle called the sartorius, it actually crosses two joints. So you, uh, the sartorius starts at your hip and comes right across down towards the knee. And a lot of times when people have hip pain, that could be the culprit. Um, and if you don't train it, then it can't influence what it does at the hip. So a thing I've been um, putting into my kin stretch classes a lot is a lot of adductor work because I feel like a lot of people are focusing on a lot of like mini band walks and you know step ups where and this is the thing this there's another caveat on why step ups could be causing more harm than good because 
when you look at people doing step ups, one, I think most people do step ups too high, right? They just use a standard bench. Now, I am five foot eight. When I put my foot up top on a regular sized gym bench, my knee is past my hip. So I'm not at 90 degrees when I do a step up. I'm probably at like 95, 97 degrees, just a little slight. But that slight little like increase requires so much more hip lateral stabilizers in order for me to go into a straight line and not like push my ass out to the one side and then back up. And people have this weird swervy line going back and forth while they do their step up. So now I'm feeding the fire of those lateral stabilizers and now I'm like overworking them and now they are becoming almost like hypertonic and a lot of times when people you know foam roll for the first time on their glutes they're like holy shit that's like so super tight um which just means like now they kind of have to work a little bit more um adductor strength right it's kind of similar to if somebody was in the gym constantly doing bench press right like pecs get super tight shoulders round forward what do you have to do do a shit ton of face pulls rows whatever it is to help so in my head it just makes sense that a lot of times i think especially now in the industry like everyone's like yeah do like lateral lunges do step ups do you know uh, bulgarian split squats just do more lateral stuff mini band walks clamshells and then people get to a point where they take it so literally that they overwork those muscles and they become the prime movers where everything has to almost work in like synergy so finding those weaknesses and this is why god i love kin stretch because it exposes those weaknesses really really quickly so that's another thing to help with hip pain is um increasing adductor strength now if you guys have questions on what kind of exercises to do let me know because i can send you a bunch but um this whole conversation about um like hyperactive um hypertonic muscles can also play into your hip flexors so a lot of times when people have hip pain it can be again going back to the anterior hip so we have a bundle of hip flexors but the biggest one that i see that people have trouble with is their psoas major which is like the biggest hip flexor you have it literally starts at your hip and then it inserts itself right at your like um t12 t11 right so if you think about that connection of like where your diaphragm is in relation to where the hip flexor inserts itself like it is a hundred percent connected and a lot of times when people have this anterior hip pain when i test their breathing they don't even know how to use their diaphragm so if you look at this continuum of how our body works as one unit when you get the diaphragm expanding properly and now it's moving all that fascia that's connected to that hip flexor and also moving the ligaments and tendons that surround the diaphragm with the hip flexor now those things are moving properly and they're not tight now you're starting to feel that your hip flexors are not as tight anymore and now let's work on hip mobility exercise for the hip flexor let's also which i love to do is taking a lacrosse ball placing it on the ground and finding that tight spot on that front of the hip 
and then just breathing through it, right? So we already talked about the diaphragm, how it has a huge influence on that hip flexor. So it would make sense that as we're trying to release, and again, air quotes, with the lacrosse ball with our hip flexor, utilizing diaphragmic breaths. And when I tell people when they do this, like think of almost like every exhale, you're melting into the stretch. You're just like falling into it. And that kind of helps with that neurological tone because a lot of times when you test someone passively, meaning I take your leg and push you into hip flexion, you end up having more range of motion compared to actively. So a lot of times when people are like, oh, I get low back pain because, you know, when I do dead bugs, all I can feel is my hip flexors. They're just like so wound up and tight. So it's like, let's relieve the nervous system to let it know that, hey, you don't have to stay tight all the time. So, man, I'm talking really fast. If we get diaphragm moving a lot better and functioning a lot better, hips, the anterior hip can start um, lessening up the tension. If we start doing some soft tissue techniques that reinforce to the nervous system that everything's okay, like don't worry about it. Um, now we're really getting some work done. And then again, like, you can only go so, so far with mobility and um, soft tissue work by yourself. This is where I'm like, go see an RMT and like get them to work your psoas um, for like an hour or everything around the hip. Like you'd be surprised how painful it is and how tight you are. Um, so we kind of have attacked a lot in that hip and you can see why it's so complicated. Um, Sometimes you can go through all of those things that I just said, and it's a lot. Sometimes you will still have pain and be like, what the fuck? I've been seeing physio or Cairo for like a month. I've been doing all the re recommendations that Raf has been telling me. I've been following his videos. And for fuck's sakes, like I cannot get my hip to stop pinching, giving me pain while I squat, lunge, or whatever. This is where we suggest people go for imaging or this is what we refer out to another person that we know that might have more experience with hips but this is where like i think imaging does help because like sometimes it's like maybe you are bone on bone like maybe you have some weird anatomical variation that we don't know of right it all is connected together and i always tell patients like when you're dealing with pain a lot of it is just detective work to see what works and what doesn't it just time and time again, you have to try things, right? Like, and uh, like many of you probably listening, you're like, oh, you know what? I tried Cairo and Physio. It doesn't work for me. Just like in my industry, there's a lot of shitty trainers. There's a lot of shitty Cairos and Physios too, right? It's really hard to find good practitioners out there that know their shit and gives you lots of different options. And when they get stuck, they get so frustrated that they end up researching their ass off to figure out to help you but those are in a dime a dozen. We get a lot of people in our clinic where they come in and they've been to a physio or chiro for like two years and they haven't been improving at all. And you know, it's like, it, I, I get why people have a sour taste, but I encourage everyone that's dealing with any kind of pain to constantly find um, a new practitioner, keep looking until you find the right one. If anyone's listening 
that needs a new practitioner in their area, let me know because I know a lot of people in the industry and because I'm connected into the FRC community, I can easily go into our private group and be like, hey, I need someone who's certified in FRC and FR release techniques, which you have to be a chirophysio to uh, get certified in it, um, in Dublin, Ireland, because apparently Dublin is my third most listened city. I will find a practitioner there, right? Literally anywhere in the world, they're certified all over the place, so that can definitely help. The other thing to think about too, and I'm running out of time to bring it up, but pain has a huge mental aspect to it. And that's a whole nother podcast, which I'll probably get into next time. What's happening up in your head determines how much pain you feel. So I'm going to leave it at that just for you to ponder. Hopefully this episode shed some light on how complex that hip is and how some things can affect pinching and pain. And honestly, I just like brushed the surface. I feel like I should have like done a whole presentation on the hip, but um, I'll expand on this a little bit more. But that's it for now. Thank you for listening. You guys are amazing. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Uh, Hit the show notes. Add me on Facebook and Instagram because I post a lot of video and picture content that will help you understand all this. And I share a lot of anatomy stuff because I love learning anatomy. It helps people understand what's going on in their bodies. Um, So that's it for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time.